What's up, guys? This is the Talking the Draft podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesey. I'm uh, joined by no one tonight. I'm all by myself as uh, Mark had some last minute plans pop up, so he will not be with us. Um, so for anybody listening that's on Twitter, follows me on Twitter, you probably saw me begging for some ideas to talk about. Um, so I'm going to kind of do a mailbag of sorts. Uh, I got like five or six different questions or topics that a few people wanted me to touch on. Um, so that's what I'm going to do. Uh, we have, this is probably going to be the last talking the draft and we're probably going to get into talking the star, um, next week. So we're excited to maybe transition from more of a league wide draft conversation, uh, every week to more of a Cowboys focused conversation. Uh, we had a lot of, a lot of fun talking about the draft, uh, this year. Um, I feel like as a Cowboys fan, you could listen, you could get really, uh, involved in the guys we were talking about, but fans of other teams or people in general could just listen to it as more of an NFL, um, general podcast, not a Cowboys discussion. So excited to kind of get that, uh, that point of view back focused on the star. Um, so we're going to start, we're going to kind of dive into that. Cause a lot of the people who follow me are, uh, Cowboys fans. So I'm just going to talk about some of these topics and some of the questions I got. Uh, Trevor Morris at Trevor Morris 187 on Twitter asked me, is the defensive line underrated? How underrated? Um, it's weird because I think as a whole, the defensive line, I don't know if I'd say underrated. I think they're, I think they're what I would call league average. Um, I mean, I think Demarcus Lawrence is one of the better edge players in the NFL. I, I didn't say pass rush, even though he's a much better pass rusher than he gives is given credit for. But I think when you stack up the top 10 defensive ends in the NFL, Demarcus Lawrence is either in it or he's just missing it. He is a top 10 to 12 defensive end in the NFL, in my opinion, from when I watch him play, from when I see what he does against the run, how he impacts the passing game. And just in general, I mean, teams don't run the football at him at all anymore. They run the football away from DeMarcus Lawrence. So he almost cuts the field in half uh, as a run defender, which is, which is big. Um, But I'm, I'm a big fan of Neville Gallimore. I know we didn't see him play last year uh, much, with the arm injury that he suffered in preseason. So I was kind of really excited for his second year jump because I think he had that in him. Uh, also, Digizua played relatively well for a rookie. I think he kind of hit a rookie wall down the stretch, and um, it'll be nice to see the second year jump that he makes. But Carlos Watkins, John Ridgway are two depth pieces. Uh, Watkins, you know, is a, a veteran um, free. You know, they, they brought him back this year. Uh, was a free agent signing last year, played relatively well as your, your you know, your one technique, um, your nose tackle. Um, and then John Ridgeway is probably going to be a rotational piece with him to be a run stuffer. Uh, Quentin Bohanna will fit into that role. I'm sure Tristan Hill will fit into that role as well. So they have some decent depth there. Um, I wish they had a little bit better starting quality player there because like I said, I like Neville Gallimore maybe more than than the consensus, but 
you know, say Oso Digizua is your starting three technique and Neville Gallimore is your starting one technique. That's not great. It's not bad. It's just okay. Um, you know, probably you could even argue that that by itself is slightly below league average. If you want to play Carlos Watkins at the one and Gallimore at the three, you know, that's a possibility too. And even then, I think that that's league average or slightly below. Um, just don't love the idea of Dorrance Armstrong. And I'm not to not to say that Dorrance Armstrong is a bad player, not to say that I don't think Dante Fowler can play a valuable role in this defense and Dan Quinn's defense. But we saw Dorrance Armstrong play okay last year. Um, I think he was solid. Um, at best, and that was in a rotational role as the team's fourth rusher because they were using Demarcus Lawrence. You know, he played some with Terrell Basham. Um, you know, Chauncey Golson got some some runs. So I just I'm very interested to see what the expectations and what the conversation is going to be surrounding. Dorrance Armstrong when he's asked to play a starting role because that's pretty much what you're you're asking him to do um so for me you know he was a guy who you know last year we saw Dorrance Armstrong play 44 percent of the snaps um DeMarcus Lawrence only played just under just under 24 because of the injury so Terrell Basham played 54% of the snaps. Randy G- Gregory played 38% of the snaps. He had some injuries. Um, so Dorrance Armstrong played just played about 5% more of the snaps than Chauncey Golston. Um, so you're asking him to take a pretty big jump in his snap count um, with Dante Fowler, Dorrance Armstrong, obviously some of Michael Parsons. And I just, I just don't think you can expect – to see uh, Dorrance Armstrong play. So so for the defensive line as a whole, I'd say I wouldn't call them underrated. I'd say they're, they're probably league average. Um, I wish that they had Randy Gregory here because I think with two bookend defensive ends and then mixing Michael Parson in, mixing Dante Fowler in, mixing some of those other guys in, that would be a fun little rotation. But just feel like you're very weak from a starting caliber player um, when you look at all 32 teams at that right defensive end place and then just the top end talent on the uh, interior of the defensive line isn't great. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'd say they're probably in that 18 to 20 range as far as where I would rank their defensive line. So for me, I don't think they're underrated. Love DeMarcus Lawrence. I love what Michael Parsons is going to do as a pass rusher. I don't really include him in that defensive line group. Um, I'm higher on Neville Gallimore than some. I'd like to see Osa take that second year jump, and then I'm intrigued by some of these younger guys. Tom Coughlin, um, he says, what position group has you most excited? Um, That is a good question. For this year, for this year, I would say, I'd say the corners, honestly, because for next, let me say this for next year, I think it's going to be the linebackers. Cause I'm really excited to see what, you know, a third year Jabril Cox, 
Michael Parsons going into his third year, and then hopefully a fully healthy Damone Clark. I think that could be a really fun group in 2023. But for 2022, I'll say the corners. Um, I'm excited to see if Trayvon Diggs can take, you know, a, a third year jump, you know, maybe not have as many interceptions, but just be a little bit more consistent as a cover defender, not take quite as many risks. Um, and then I think it just gets interesting behind them because, you know, I think the the plan was for Kelvin Joseph to take over the second boundary quarterback, uh, cornerback job, you know, when they drafted him in the second round in 2021, obviously he's had some off the field stuff. That's kind of giving that a little bit of a, a pause. Um, but we saw him play a little bit last year and it wasn't terrible. He was actually pretty good in the games he got to play in. Um, so you, you'd like to see him step in and really push Anthony Brown for that second corner um, position. But it, at that point, it, it, say Kelvin Joseph does do that. Say nothing comes from the off-the-field stuff. He's you know good to go. I think Anthony Brown's going to continue to keep that job into camp and at the start of the season. But I'd like to see them use Kelvin Joseph more, whether that's in the slot, whether that's playing you know, him on the field and some nickel packages, whatever that is, give him an opportunity to break into the starting lineup. Um, Cause I think he has the talent to do so. Um, I, I'd like to see them just, just like I said, Anthony Brown's a very good slot corner too. So I think they could, you know, find a role or, or save some money by cutting one of Anthony Brown or Jordan Lewis, but you don't want to lose too much of that corner depth. But they also have some really intriguing young guys. Nation Wright um, was their Third, third or fourth round pick last year who I thought was heavily overdrafted, but they were excited about. Um, and then Deron Bland, a f- um, fifth round pick out of this year, is a guy who I think has some some decent uh, ability to his game that could, could push for some snaps, you know, if some injuries crop up. So they have two or three really intriguing young guys I'd like to see get on the field and see how they do because – while Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis are a big part of the the you know game right now, um, you know three three years down the road, what could that corner room look like? You know, and I think that that's where you're hoping that Deron Bland and Nation Wright could play uh, a decent role. So I'll say corner for 2022 is a position group that I'm excited about, mainly just because of the uncertainty with Kelvin Joseph, Nation Wright, Deron Bland, and just seeing how it kind of works itself out. But in 2023, I would say the linebackers, because I think that could be a really good group in 2023 if Damone Clark, um, you know, gets back to full strength. Zach at Zach F underscore Odom. Do you have any faith in the coaching staff to use Pollard in a more hybrid role? If so, do you think he would have more success since he came out of Memphis as a wide receiver? Um, I'm interested to see if they do do that a little bit more because they don't have a, you know, like a, a, you know, what we would call a primary slot receiver on the roster, a guy that they can line up in the slot can do a lot of the quick game stuff underneath. Um, and Tony Pollard did a lot of that stuff at Memphis. So I'm curious to see if they use him in that role a little bit because you don't have your Randall Cobb or your Cole Beasley type of guy on the roster. So maybe Pollard does get some of that. But, I mean, in reality, I'd just like to see him get more snaps at running back because he's one of the better, you know, you, you can look at the advanced metrics, you can look at the counting numbers. Tony Pollard's one of the better running backs when he gets the football by a yard per carry metric, by, a, you know, yards above expectation metric. He he gets, he gets 
more yards than most guys get when things are blocked up the way they are in front of them. So for me, I'd love to see them just incorporate him more into the running game and then use him as a receiver more than they do, whether that's in the quick game, whether that's lining him up in the slot or just on third downs, because we hear that, you know, he's such a bad blocker. Zeke's such a great blocker. Zeke is a really good pass protector, but Tony Pollard is better than your league average pass protector in the backfield. And I think that the narrative that he's a bad pass protector came from people who don't watch the game and don't evaluate it. They just have personal favorites for who they want to see play. And that's where they get with that. So Tony Pollard is a, in my opinion, a well above average pass protector on third downs. He can catch the football. He's more explosive. He's got great speed. So I'd just like to see him more involved in the offense as a whole, whether that's a receiver pass protector or runner um so that's my tony pollard take jd at jd2147723 potential veteran free agents to add yet what offensive scheme you'd like them to operate from with the current personnel surprising vet cuts it's just a few part question um so from a from a veteran free agent standpoint um I mean, James Bradbury was just cut from the Giants um, not too long ago. That was, I mean, that's a guy that's been talked about a lot. I doubt that they show interest in him as he's a 29-year-old, you know, veteran corner who's still relatively, you know, touted his position. So I'm sure he'll get a decent contract. Um, But, you know, if they wanted to go that route, that would make that already, you know, you know, most exciting position for me going into 2022 even more exciting because I think that'd give you an upgrade um, at that CB2 over Anthony Brown or Kelvin Joseph and would just give you some more needed depth. Um, But I don't think they go that route for me. You know, I know that there's, I mean, I I kind of begged for this guy last year, but Melvin Ingram, um, you know, he's 33. He played on the cheap with, uh, or got traded. And, you know, he's, he's a guy that's looking to kind of play on the cheap with the, you know, he played with the Steelers last year, then got traded to the chiefs and did really well in the playoffs. Um, and down the stretch for the Chiefs. So Melvin Ingram's a guy who would make me feel better about that edge rush group. I don't know what Jadavion Clowney's trying to get paid nowadays, but if he's a guy you could sign for two, three, four million dollars and him be your right defensive end, I think he gives you more um, of a starting caliber player than what you have in Dante Fowler, Dorrance Armstrong, you know, those type of guys. And Sam Williams is going to work into that rotation. You know, I think he's probably your your fourth um, pass rusher in that, you know, rotation right now. I think you got DeMarcus Lawrence. I think you got Michael Parsons. I think you got Dante Fowler, Dorrance Armstrong, and then Sam Williams is kind of right there with those guys. It wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Sam Williams proves himself to be a better pass rusher than what a Dorrance Armstrong um, and potentially even a Dante Fowler um, could be at the end of year one. I just think that I think a lot of people are, we're late getting to the Sam Williams train. And a lot of the times when that happens, they don't get, you know, the credit that they deserve because people want to be first. They want to be early on these guys. And sometimes when it happens, they, they unfortunately get um, dinged. Uh, Trey flowers is another defensive end. I, th- I think for, for me, I'd be looking at some of these veteran uh, defensive ends that could help come in and provide a little bit more stability especially at the top of the rotation of that edge rush group. Um, you know, receiver is tough because I think they're lacking 
you know, I think you're going to be asking Jalen Tolbert to possibly be your wide receiver two as a rookie with Michael Gallup missing a good chunk of the season. Um, you know, with the torn ACL, you know, you got James Washington, Jalen Tolbert, CD lamb. So, you know, that, that could be a play, you know, you got guys like Julio Jones, Will Fuller still out there. I just don't think that's a realistic, you know, ask of this front office. Um, realistically, I don't know that they're going to do much else in free agency. I think it, it could just be roll with what they got. And, um, you know, maybe add a, a veteran defensive lineman, something like that. But I just don't see anything flashy happening, um, you know, until we get, you know, unless some injuries happen, maybe they could look to do something. But through camp and then into preseason, I think you're going to see maybe you see a guy like they brought in Sam Tevy, a uh, offensive tackle um, before the draft who played with the Colts some, played with the Chargers some. Maybe you see something like that, but – Jerry actually came out after they drafted Tyler Smith and said that, Hey, we're not really interested in bringing in a tackle anymore. So I don't even know if that's something they'd be uh, interested in, but I think that's more of what you're looking at a rotation guy. Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent. You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, we got hi, Mrs. Lutner at Todd Height on Twitter. What are the chances for playing time for Fahoko and Mukwamu? Um, I mean, I think Fahoko's going to get some run, especially you know, while Gallup can miss those first three to six games to start the year. I think you're going to be looking at CD Lamb, I think you're going to be looking at Jalen Tolbert, James Washington, then you're hoping Simi Fahoko and Noah Brown are going to kind of be battling for that fourth wide receiver um, in camp. So I think he'll get a little bit of playing time to start the year, and you you hope he takes advantage of that and shows that he can be a, you know, possibly, you know, Cedric Wilson was your fifth wide receiver just, you know, this time last year, really. So see if he could maybe show enough to where you feel comfortable with him being your, you know, your consistent fourth and fifth wide receiver while he plays out his rookie deal. Um, McQuamu is interesting, too, because, you know, they moved him to safety. 
Um, you know, they re-signed Malik Hooker. So they got Malik Hooker, they got Donovan Wilson, they got J. Ron Curse. I think Waquamu is really going to battle to be that, you know, that that fourth safety, um, play some strong safety snaps, you know, get more involved on special teams, maybe play as that, you know, nickel linebacker at times. You know, if J. Ron Curse is, is playing uh, a safety role or maybe he's doing something else, maybe he's, you know, whatever it is, I think they might look to use Maquamu some this year. That'd be nice. Um, so I think both of those guys got a chance for Hoko more uh, just because of the injury situation with Michael Gallup. But I think they both have a chance to play some snaps this year. <clears throat> um, oh, my gosh. Icron at Aaron Uribe 12 says, how much longer Zeke is a primary back in the NFL? Jordan Davis versus Tyler Johnson. Tyler, I think he meant Tyler Smith matchup. The boom bust potential of the linebacking corp and where Michael will play injury concerns with LVE Cox and Clark unproven, but intriguing talent. I mean, I think, I think Zeke Elliott has got one season left as the Cowboys starting running back. And I think they should, and have kind of set it up to move on from him uh, after this season um, to save some money and, you know, start uh, a new transition there. Um the Jordan Davis versus Tyler Smith thing um, is obviously something you you got to pay attention to, but I mean, Philadelphia still has Fletcher Cox. They still have Javon Hargrave. So I'm interested to see how much Jordan Davis plays for Philadelphia. Obviously they're going to use him. He was a top, top 20 pick for them. So he's going to get on the field, but I mean, they still have two, two pretty nasty interior defensive linemen that are going to be ahead of him on the death chart. So I think you'll see that matchup, but I think you probably need to be more worried about the Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave matchup because that's going to be a dirty one for him to have to go up against uh, to start his career. Eric at DC Fan 2020 says, can we have five reasons the Cowboys should win the division this coming year? Expectations for this draft class this season. What impact will Tolbert bring to this offense? How will Dak play this season a year removed from surgery and not having rehab this offseason? Um, you know, for me, five reasons the Cowboys should win the division are you have far and away the best quarterback in the division. Dak Prescott is leaps and bounds better than Jalen Hurts. He's leaps and bounds better than Carson Wentz, and he's leaps and bounds better than Daniel Jones. So that is reason number one, and that's the biggest reason you need to have. Um, the two other reasons, uh, or the second reason for me would be you have, in my opinion, the best defender in the division. Um, obviously, Philadelphia and these teams have some good players too, but I think Michael Parsons is the what I would say the best defender, Chase Young's in the division. You got some guys who can play, but I would take Michael Parsons and what he showed in year one over probably anybody else. So you got the best quarterback. Um, you got one of the best overall defenders, and maybe you could say the best pass rusher in this division. I think that if you had Demarcus Lawrence and Michael Parsons as your one, two as pass rushers, I'd say you have the best pass rush threat in this division. Um, you know, obviously Chase Young and, you know, Montez Sweat, that's a decent little combo there. And the Giants have Kayvon Thibodeau and uh, Aziz Ojolari over there. And Philadelphia um, has Hassan Reddick. And 
they have some guys as well, Josh Sweat. But I think if you had DeMarcus Lawrence and Michael Parsons lined up, you'd probably say that you have two of the better – you have the best pass rush tandem, tandem the best quarterback. Um, the three other reasons I'll say um, – Man, it, it's tough because I I really do think that Philadelphia does have the best roster in the NFC East. They don't have the best quarterback, but I think when you look at their, I mean, they have Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, Jalen Rager. I would take that over CD Lamb, Michael Gallup for half the season, and Jalen Tolbert slash James Washington. I would take AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, who I think are two legit wide receiver ones over the tandem of C.D. Lamb and, you know, who's that going to be, Jalen Tolbert or Michael Gallup? It, a smaller percentage because of the injury. Um, so I think Philadelphia has the best roster. Um, I think you could say one of those reasons out of, you know, your third third out of five reasons would be I think you feel really good about what Dan Quinn can do with the pieces he has on defense. Um, you added some some new pieces to that. You obviously lost Randy Gregory, um, but you you know you're you're getting most of your troops back. You added a Sam Williams. You added some more corners. You're hoping for some second year jumps from those guys. So that would be my third reason. My fourth reason is. Kind of, I'm going to lump it in with what you said last, and that's just, you know, the Cowboys were a good team last year in the regular season. They won a bunch of games. They were the best team in the NFC East, uh, the number three seed going into the playoffs. And they did all that after the quarterback had some struggles at the end of the year when he had a offseason where mentally he wasn't right. He was coming back off a nasty leg injury. He had rehab. He injured the shoulder. He injured the – um the calf. So he had some mental lapses to overcome um, as well as some physical lapses to overcome. But I think that you're not having the mental side of the thing. You know, you're not having the rehab. You're not having, you're hopefully not going to have any more of these injuries. So I think you're going to get better, more consistent quarterback play um, from start to finish than you did last year. So I know I said your quarterback's better, but I'll lump that in as the fourth reason is I think he's just going to be healthier both mentally and physically, and that's going to give you a more consistent, um, you know, weapon at that most important position. Um, and the fifth reason, I know this is kind of silly to even say, but I think they really did get tougher. I think they they added guys to the roster that, especially in the draft, that play with that mean streak, that, that play with the – bulldog mentality and I just don't think they had that last year I think they were a soft team last year I think that is mainly due to the way that the coach handles a lot of this and how he doesn't have these high expectations he's not a I don't even think you have to be a rah-rah type of guy to expect toughness out of your team but I just don't I don't correlate Mike McCarthy with toughness I don't I kind of I mean there's enough stories out of Green Bay that says he's real hands-off and you know, almost doesn't really speak to his guys. And that I just, I don't like that. Um, and I think that they got guys like Michael Parsons. They got, these are guys added because the quarterback is like, the quarterback has high expectations. He pushes his team to do great. Um, but when you have a guy like Michael Parsons, you have Demarcus Lawrence, who's, you know, knock a wood, going to stay healthy, going to be around the team more. You add guys like you bring J. Ron Curse back, who, is the definition of that. You add guys like Tyler Smith, Sam Williams, Jalen Tolbert, 
Um, those are guys who are not going to allow guys to slack. They're not going to allow guys to take plays off. They're going to play hard. Um, they're going to bring some, some of that dog mentality to the team. And I think that that's something that was severely lacked last year. Um, I truly, you know, I think Michael Parsons is changing the locker room. I think he's going to change the defensive attitude. And I just think that that bodes well for the, the future of the Cowboys success, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And like I said, the, the offense has Dak Prescott, you know, even the offensive linemen, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, they're not loud guys. They're not guys who are going to like demand the greatness from their teammates. They're not, they're going to just go out there and do their job. They're, they're not the raw, raw type of guys either. Not to say you need that, but you at times need guys to step into the huddle, to step on the bench and go, let's go like it. Let's pick it up. Like I'm tired of San Francisco running all over top of us. I'm tired of that. And I think that you need some of that Des Bryant, that, Jason, whatever it is, you need some of that on this team. I think you had a handful of guys last year that were outweighed by some of the the lackadaisical guy. You know, again, that was a big thing with the Mari Coopers. I just think they hated his personality. They hated that he didn't have the get in your face type of stuff. And I haven't seen that out of CeeDee Lamb enough yet, but he's got more of it in him than than I think a guy like Amari Cooper had, and I think that that was one of the things they loved about Jalen Tolbert is he is a he's a dog, um, and he's going to bring that to the room. Um, so you know that's that's something that I think you can look for is that this team should be tougher, they should be more physical, and they shouldn't get taken advantage of as much as they did last year. Um, so that's one of the other reasons. But that is that's all the the time. Um, I mean, expectations for the draft class, I, I kind of gave that. You know, I think Tyler Smith's going to be your your starting left guard. Um, I don't expect him to have a great rookie season. I think he's a guy who's going to have some struggles. Um, I think he'll, you know, have some, some good games and he's going to have some bad games. I think, you know, people are going to – I'm not say want Connor Williams back because I know that that's unrealistic, but I think there's going to be cases where they're going to go, man – we might have been a little too harsh on Connor Williams because, yeah, he had one or two penalties a game, which I think you can get that. You're going to get that same thing out of Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith was was tied for Trevor Penning with the most penalties on the offensive line last year. So you're going to get some holdings. You're going to get some unnecessary roughness. You're going to get some personal fouls called because that's just the way he plays. He's not technically um, efficient right now. He struggles with his technique, his hand placement. His footwork puts him in bad position, so he's going to get called for some holdings. He's going to tackle some guys after some plays and get flagged. Um, I think for Sam Williams, you know, I think he's a guy who you shouldn't expect him to play, you know, and start every game. That's not going to happen. I'd be surprised if he gets any starts in, in his first season um, with the guys they have, Demarcus Lawrence. Dorrance aren't, you know, unfortunately, they're not probably going to throw him into the fire. They'll let him rush the passer on third downs, let him get some playing time. I would expect him to play 35 to, yeah, 35 to 40% of the snaps in year one. Um, but I think he can be efficient in those, those snaps because I think he can bring stuff, stuff as a pass rusher that other guys cannot. Uh, Jalen Tolbert's a guy who I have really high expectations for in year one. A lot of times you lump the small school guys into the, 
oh, they're going to need time. But I think Jalen Tolbert's ready to step on the field and, and play a pretty big role. Um, I think he'll he'll be solid. Jake Ferguson, kind of a guy who I think is probably going to be more of a tight end three right away, but could should should and could compete as that tight end two by the you know midpoint of the year. He'll get plenty of playing time um, throughout the season as well, especially as more of a pass catcher. I think I think they might use sprinkles more as your you know run blocking tight end, and then have uh, Ferguson play more as the the pass catcher. Um, in that that tight end role. So um, outside of that, you know, I don't see a ton out of the the fifth round picks. You know, Damone Clark might get some playing time towards the end of the season uh, as he comes back from the 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 uh, spinal fusion surgery. But I think you got to be very, um, very. What's the word I'm looking for here? Very, you just get you get you're gonna have to wait on him. What if it happens this year or next year? Great, but I think you just need to let him come back at his own pace and and, and don't rush him along. Um, and then John Ridgeway, I think, is a guy who will get a little bit of playing time this year. I think he's a much better player than Quentin Bohana. Um, I think he's a guy who can play some of that one-tech reps uh, in year one. He's a run plugger. He's going to play strong and physical in the middle of that defensive line and, and give you a decent amount of uh, – I think he can give you a decent amount of snaps in, in year one, believe it or not. So I, I didn't love this draft class, but I think they got – I think their vision going in is, okay, we got plenty of holes to plug, which was their own fault, but we have plenty of holes we need to plug. They did that, and I think they did it with guys um, outside, in my opinion, Tyler Smith, who are ready to come in year one and play – a pretty solid starting role. Um, but yeah, I can't talk by myself any longer. I'm, I'm losing my mind. Um, these are always not that much fun. I'm just talking to myself, but Mark had some stuff he had to take care of. Um, and I, it was so last minute, I couldn't grab a, a guest to join me, but I appreciate all the questions. I couldn't do this without you guys. Uh, you guys gave me for however long this is 30, 40 minutes to talk about different topics, answer some questions. So without that, I don't know what I would have been doing for 30 or 40 minutes, but I appreciate you guys for coming through. Um, It does mean a lot. It gives us some things to talk about. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate you guys for listening. Um, Make sure you subscribe to the Blogging the Boys podcast feed on whatever podcast platform you uh, use to listen. Um, It is, you know, again, that's something that we uh, we appreciate the the likes, the subscribes, the reviews, the comments. Just make sure you do all that stuff. We don't ask for it uh, a ton, but just give us a good re- review. Give us a good rating. Um, leave a good comment, whatever that is. Just uh, help us keep doing this because we enjoy it. So thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week as Talking the Draft more than likely is going to turn into Talking the Star. And we're excited to uh, get ready for this Dallas Cowboys 2022 NFL season. While it might not feel great, we lost a bunch of a bunch of guys in the offseason. We um, you know, we feel like we didn't really do anything in free agency. We didn't absolutely crush a grand slam in the draft. Still exciting for the season to be back. We're hoping we can strike lightning and bottle and some of these um some of these guys can hit and the team can get better and we can hopefully win the NFCs and hopefully do a little bit better in these playoffs tougher team. So thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week and talk to the draft slash stuff. See you then.